As I look over my shoulder, I see two police cruisers pulling into the alley where my friends and I were biking. Two officers step out of their cruisers and approach us. Are you trying to get arrested? One officer yells out as they started to walk in our direction. 13 year old me had no idea what to say or how to react. I was terrified. Let me take a step back for a moment. Earlier in the day, my friends and I were riding our bikes around. We found an old abandoned parking lot down in an unused alleyway. After around five minutes of us being there, a police car rolled up and told us that it was a private property. He told us we needed to leave and not to come back or there would be consequences. We agreed and started to leave, but as soon as the cop drove away, our group of bikers turned right back around to the empty lot we were previously riding. Flash forward 30 minutes and now there were two annoyed angry police officers in front of me and my friends. I was speechless not knowing what to say. My friend Spencer broke the awkward silence that was occurring. We were just trying to get one more video, he says. After a few exchanges of words, the officers eventually told us to call our parents to come pick us up. Looking back at the whole experience, I was truly terrified. Police officers can be very intimidating, even when dealing with what seemed to be a minor inconvenience to them. This was my first experience that popped into mind when I started to learn about stop and frisk police tactics. The altercation I had with the police was far from a random interrogation, but it was my first and one of few encounters with police officers I've had so far in my life. I couldn't imagine being stopped interrogated on the side of the road for randomly in front of bystanders and onlookers who do not know the entire context of the situation. Before I get ahead of myself, let me explain stop and frisk policing. Stop and frisk policing is and always has been a questionable and debated policing practice. It occurs when police briefly stop a person and search them for prohibited items such as weapons, narcotics, or other objects that the person should not be carrying and could potentially lead to an arrest. New York is particularly notorious for stop and frisk policing. New Yorkers alone have been the victims of over 5 million stop and frisks since it was introduced in 2002. An alarming 685,000 people in New York were the subject of street interrogations in 2011. This was when stop and frisk policing was at the height of its use. I haven't even scratched the surface of the real unnerving statistics either, so hear me out. During New York's stop and frisk's height in 2011, 88% of interrogated people on the street were found to be innocent. That's an astounding 605,328 innocent cases out of the total 685,000 stops. 55% of those stops were carried out on black people alone. Another 40, 34% of those stops were Latino people. And another mind-blowing statistic is that 50% of the people stopped were between the ages of 14 and 24. I couldn't imagine at the age of 14 being stopped and interrogated by police on the street. I would have been terrified. I probably would have broken down in tears. On page 81 of the book, The Other Wes Moore, Wes and his friend were tagging with spray paint when they were caught by police. When a young Wes was thrown in the back of a police cruiser, he broke down in tears. In the book, Wes says, quote, I was terrified. I had no idea was what was next. I don't blame him whatsoever for his reaction. Obviously, Wes was in the wrong when he was tagging, but imagine being an innocent young teen walking down the street and suddenly being stopped, searched, and interrogated. On the other hand, on page 27 of The Other Wes Moore, the other Wes mentioned how Tony, his older brother, was a certified gangster. Tony had to start selling drugs before the age of 10, and when Tony was 14, he already had a reputation on the streets. 
And I know I keep mentioning how terrified a young kid at the age of 14 must feel being searched by police, and how, I'd be, and how, how I would be terrified at that age, but the statistic that 50% of stops are people aged 14 to 24 isn't that mind-blowing when you realize kids are selling drugs at such a young age. Another fact about stop and frisk policing is that black and Latino communities seem to be immense targets for these stop and frisking police tactics. Many more street interrogations occur in these communities. On page 113 of The Other West More, The Other West is attempting to sell crack cocaine to a person he was unfamiliar with. When he finished the sale, he quickly walked away, but in the blink of an eye was surrounded by police officers and was arrested. This is an example of stop and frisk but it does show the heightened police activity in communities that people like Wes hang out in. Now obviously there is going to be heightened police activities in neighborhoods where there is more drug activity and violence, but that shouldn't mean innocent people should be stopped, harassed, and interrogated while walking down the street. As I mentioned before, almost 9 out of 10 people who are stopped on the street end up innocent. This leaves 1 out of every 10 stops and frisks leading to an arrest. One thing I forgot to mention, when an officer stops someone in the streets of New York, he is supposed to fill out a form whether the person is found innocent or guilty. So who's to say the amount of times a police officer has stopped someone, found out their innocence, and then just decided not to fill out the form? If the suspect was found guilty, then a form would most definitely be filled out. So this could mean that all statistics I've been mentioning all could be missing data. Now I want to dive into another personal experience of mine. First of all, I was born and raised in Keene, New Hampshire, so I have no personal experience nor do I have a good understanding of life on the streets of bigger cities across the United States. I have not been a first-hand witness of stop and frisk policing or much any policing at all. My only knowledge of a lot of different cultures and experience come from the news and the internet, which both can be deceiving sources of knowledge. But besides the point, my friend and I were building a toilet paper fort in a local Walmart. We left our fort and started to walk around the store for a little. A Walmart manager saw us and what we were doing. He stops us, accuses us of stealing, and tells us to empty our bags. I didn't know how to react, so me and my friend both started to empty our bags. Before we could, the manager stopped us and told us he didn't actually need to search us. We just had to leave the store. Another time I had been searched for what I thought was no reason was 8th grade. My friend and I had been, or my friend had been caught with something he wasn't supposed to have in school. They said, since I'm a close friend of his, I had to be searched too, and I was terrified. They made me dump out my entire locker while students and staff walked by in the hall staring. I was embarrassed as my peers and classmates watched while the principal and school officer emptied my locker. They found nothing, and I was completely innocent. But this leads to think how I couldn't imagine being stopped by police officers while walking down the street minding my own business. Now there is some good news to end this podcast on. 2011 was the height of the stop and frisk program. Since then it has gone down immensely. In 2011, 685,000 cases of stop and frisks were recorded. In 2019, only around 13,000 were reported. But still, 8,867 of those cases were found innocent. That's still almost 9,000 innocent people being interrogated by police on the streets every year in New York alone. 
Fixing policing practice is a very important issue in this country. Police are supposed to protect, not intimidate, not harass, and not harm or kill innocent people. There will always be innocent people ending up with the short end of the stick in the justice system, but reducing the number of innocent people affected and making stronger and more positive connections and bonds between police officers and communities is a very important need for this country.